0: Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Show, the podcast where we learn how to harness our inner resources, knock down our hardest stories, so that we can meet our lives with peace and joy and enthusiasm. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with my friend and mentor, Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. Well, we're talking about the importance of setting boundaries today, and we set boundaries in our lives for ourselves and for those around us, and we do it for our sanity and our happiness uh, so we can have less stress and, and have better relationships, right? That's right.
1: And when we are in a good flow of our lives and we really feel like you know things are working well for us, it's usually because our boundaries are in place and we know what we're about and what we're not about. And when we're stressed, or overloaded, or uh, scattered, it's usually because our boundaries are not in place, and that's when things happen that are not so um, pleasant for us.
0: So, okay, how do you define the word boundaries? I mean, how? Let's just start there. Okay.
1: Well, I think of it as a line Mm -hmm. that we delineate in uh, different situations and different relationships in our life. This line makes the shape of our life. It says, Mm. this is what I want to be living in. And there are certain things that belong here and certain things that don't belong here. So it's a line uh, that we delineate to establish our individuality in the larger world. And it's something that clearly speaks to ourselves and others about what we will and will not have in our space, mm. what we will and will not allow in our lives, because it's important to our integrity and our sanity and our happiness.
0: And you mentioned that when you first heard the word boundary, or somebody was telling you about their boundaries, that was kind of it, it, you hadn't experienced that before.
1: I didn't know what they were talking about because <laughs> she was in therapy and I wasn't. <laughs> she was doing therapy and she was get you know establishing a boundary with me because I was you know inappropriate. And- <laughs> As we all sometimes are, you know, inappropriate. And uh, so she was explaining that to me, and uh, I was looking at her with a baffled look on my face. But I realized, ah, you know, she's really trying to be healthy, and I did something that overstepped. Let me just try and understand okay. what she's saying.
0: Yeah, and we're all sort of raised with different notions of how what boundaries are or different words around it like overstepping your bounds or right. that's not your place. And some
1: families have really tight close boundaries where, yeah. you know, people don't even interact with each other very uh-huh. much and you just don't mess with each other's space and you don't yeah. communicate about it. You just kind of bump around like little satellites. And other families might have the opposite end of the spectrum where there's just no boundaries. You're just all slashing along yeah. in this wavy ocean together and banging into each other's issues <laughs> and stuff all the time. <laughs> I, know. I learned about boundaries as I got into recovery from uh, growing up in an alcoholic family. And I have a wonderful family, and I love everyone dearly. But I had to learn about uh, how, you know certain things belong to certain people and everything just doesn't belong to everyone all the time. And that I'm not being selfish to draw a line sometimes and say, you know what? I don't want you to use that. That's my thing. And I don't want you to use my bike, (laughs) my bike. (laughs) I'm really precious about my bike, (laughs) but you can use this other thing, you know, that we share. So, so this is something that's a childhood, uh, Um, skill set that probably most of us have to tune up on one end or the other because some parents probably err on, you know, oversharing, like you have Mm -hmm. to just share everything about yourself with everybody and others uh, don't. Others don't teach you how to share, teach you how to interact.
0: Would you say that it's true that we often as adults learn about boundaries when there's been a boundary violation? And That's
1: <laughs> usually how we learn about it. It's how I find mine. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Yeah. But I f- usually find that I have lost my boundaries when I'm mad at somebody. Okay. I'm resentful. Uh, I'm stressed out. Yeah. Um I'm anxious. I don't know you know who's supposed to do what, yeah, and what's it's not clear I I'm not sure what the agreements are, and it's uh I usually find it by needing it very much, yeah,
0: okay, groping so, my
1: way back to my boundary,
0: <laughs> so you sort of back into it, but it's 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 brought to your attention through a problem, some kind of problem,
1: yeah. Yeah, it is, and if you do a stint of psychotherapy, mm-hmm. and or if you do a stint of recovery mm-hmm. from some kind of dysfunction, you will find out about boundaries. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing we have to find out about. Uh, we don't know about it, and uh, you'll get some some practice with that.
0: And once you start learning about boundaries, of course, you see them everywhere. Everywhere. And you realize how important they are, and I, I I'm probably in that phase of just like enthusiasm, like. Boundaries! Yes! Boundaries 101! I'm learning this, and I want them everywhere. (laughs) I
1: know. And it's really a a very important concern. I mean, all the things we see on the news that have to do with war are, of course, about boundaries. It's Where's the line? Where's the line between Kuwait and Iraq? Mm -hmm. You know, Saddam Hussein said, oh, there's no line. We own Kuwait. It's part of this land shape, and we want those pearls and that oil that you guys have. And the Kuwaitis said, oh, what are you talking about? We've been an independent state since Mm 18-whatever, and this is our oil and our pearls, Mm -hmm. and you can't come and grab them like that. And when you see certain situations where one country aggressively invades another country, the whole world kind of throws up its hands and goes, oh, oh! Gosh, not okay, not okay. What do we do? Yeah, how do we help this country reestablish their boundary because we're in this larger community? Do we have a role here? Or do we not?
0: Yeah, it's a big. Oh, question. it's fascinating. I know. So that's like the big. Pay- that's the macro level, but then on the micro level, it's in families. The or micro
1: level is, you know, you have a. A family member who is an introvert, say, yeah. Yeah. and they do not want to talk in the morning. They right. do not want to talk in the morning. I have one <laughs> friend who does not talk before noon. She's mm-hmm. she's a really not a morning person. She's a total grog head in the morning. She cannot stand people in the morning, and she's a lovely person who has a real social job. She works from twelve to eight every day and she has trained her husband not to speak to her (laughs) in the morning and every now and then he will bring something up and she'll look at him with a little bit of a slight glare around her sweet face and she'll say is it 12 o'clock yet (laughs) And he'll he'll nod sheepishly and walk away, and the only thing he's allowed to do is hand her another cup of coffee. Oh, that's it. That, good. That will work.
0: That's good. But
1: so that's her boundary, and <laughs> it's a real
0: thing. Cause yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big argument. No. But, I mean, I have the same the same kind of thing with my husband Matt because he leaves so early in the morning, and he's not really wide awake until he's had a few cups of coffee, and and so we have sort of an agreement that we've talked about that I don't I don't engage in conversation while he's getting. Out the door, right? We can we can email later. He will just experience
1: like it as annoying an annoying he will. distraction. <laughs> he will forget for the moment that you are his precious, adorable wife and that he lo- exactly. loves to talk to you. He won't remember that,
0: <laughs> but because this, he's in his space. Yeah, and I and so I have to remind remind myself not to be too perky in the morning.
1: No, no, <laughs> perky is really annoying for the <laughs> morning introvert.
0: And he even draws the line. He'll go to a different coffee shop and get his. Morning bagel or coffee, but if they're too chipper, he'll draw a line and not and go to a different <laughs> store. Isn't I'm that funny? Go to the
1: grumpy coffee shop where they're just gonna go. Uh, yeah, you want you want that a lot more.
0: But want I foam think- on that. The, the funny thing about that is that we can feel like, well, is this is this need okay, or am I? Is there something wrong with me that I insist on this? You know, that's sort of in I the know. murky area of boundaries. I know,
1: and I just I just had an experience. I had a great uh, exercise of my boundaries, which is uh, I got I got mad at my daughter because she borrowed my bike, and on her watch, she the bike broke. Mm-hmm. And then she was afraid to tell me, and she kept it in her place for a while. And, and I ran running out one morning to get on my bike, <laughs> my first spring ride, and it wasn't there. Uh. Uh. And then, uh, and, and, and my husband was being a little bit secretive about it. Like, she had told him, oh, my God,
0: Dad, I broke Mom's oh. bike.
1: He's like, oh, you are in trouble. You know how she is about her bike. And I realized, she said, I was, I was scared to tell you, I was scared to tell you, because you get so tight about your bike whenever you get so worried about it. And then... I realized, oh, you know, maybe actually I can't lend my bike to people. Never mind that it sits there way too many days of yeah. the year, and she's on it on a bike every day. Never mind that. That doesn't give her a right to my bike. If I want my bike to be sitting there gathering dust until I run out there to ride it, that's my prerogative. It's my bike. So in the end, I ended up telling her, you know what, this is not your fault. Um, I would have preferred that you had <laughs> called me right away and said, oh, mom, I'm so sorry the bike broke. Yeah. I'll take care. I'll get it fixed soon. And we just did it right away so that it didn't take two weeks before I knew. And um, she, I said, and I understand that I'm very tight and a little resentful about my bike when mm. you use it. And guess what? I think I just found a boundary.
0: Oh. I found a boundary.
1: And she's 19, and she's she's just discovering about boundaries herself yeah. with having roommates and stuff. Yeah. So I was actually able to use the word. I said, you know, I, I was raised that you had to share everything with everybody, or you were selfish. And, in fact, I, I don't want to share my bike. It's yeah. my bike.
0: And she has a bike. I, she has a bike. She could go fix
1: it. <laughs> she could borrow someone else's bike who isn't really a tight, you know, whatever about it. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll live in peace. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good. harmony. Yeah, and you named it. I named it. Yeah. And my
1: husband even put his eyebrows together a little bit and acted like I was being unreasonable and Uh selfish because you never ride the thing. (laughs) And I just said, no, no, I'm just that way. Yeah. It's just one of those funny little things about me. I share lots of things and I don't share my bike.
0: So, okay, so that brings me to this question. What are signs of healthy boundaries? What are some signs, like how do we know that we have healthy boundaries?
1: We feel relaxed Mm. in our space. We feel relaxed within the shape of our present life Mm -hmm. situation. We feel clear-headed because we know who does what Mm -hmm. and who's responsible for what and what your responsibilities are and what they aren't. We have clear agreements with people, so we, and we have good communication with them, so we can change the agreement if it's necessary. Yeah. So we feel relaxed. We feel clear-headed. Um, we feel um, more calm and confident mm-hmm. because we're not stretching outside of our appropriate space, mm-hmm. and we're not cringing inside our space because someone else is pressing into it yeah. in a way that makes us uncomfortable.
0: Oh, that, you, you know, so that's so interesting because what you're saying is that feeling relaxed and good is how you know that my boundaries are are in good tact. But feeling angry, resentful, stressed is when you know there's some kind of there's boundary something, violation. There's something needs to be adjusted here. Yeah. If I am
1: angry and resentful and stressed yeah. for any length of time, it's because something needs to be adjusted. There needs to be some... Adaptation around our time and energy and relationships there needs to be perhaps the most beautiful word in the world for some of us. No. <laughs> <laughs> this glowing golden word, <laughs> which is foreign to many women, I see. Yeah. No. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't do that for you. Oh) Yes, <laughs> I heard, yes I heard, to
0: your no, yes to my no,
1: and I was. I love what you said in the class uh, that you were in um, recently, and you said. You heard one set, and I think maybe you were speaking of the workplace. But you said, "When a woman, when a man says no, it's the end of the conversation. When a woman says no, it's the beginning of a long negotiation." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I heard that somewhere, and I can't remember oh where my I gosh. Heard it. Oh But it really resonated with me when There's I was a lot that. of women in the group, and they were all like, "Oh, yeah," oh, you and you my think, song. "Well, what is that all about?" And it's it's not true in every situation. No. Because I think once people do start growing in their awareness about boundaries and then getting stronger or more confident in their ability to set a boundary and say that golden no, you shift that. And it's not like people are just going to run over your We have to make friends, friends with it. Make friends with we boundaries. We have to make friends
1: with boundaries. It's it's a new concept. Yeah. And you know a lot of us came from... I'm, I'm a second generation Irish person. My husband is a second generation Italian person. And... People who come from families that that emigrated, uh, they they couldn't have boundaries. Yeah, they, it was all for one, one right. for all. We are in. Dad's got three jobs, so you have to do the paper route, and yeah. you know you have to do this, and we're we're all working together, and we're sharing rooms. And I had I had a friend who had such a wonderful adventure with boundaries because she was hosting. A uh, student from Africa, from a country in Africa. Mm. And in their country, nobody sleeps alone. Oh, You know, it, it would be silly and lonely yeah. to sleep alone. We're, we're a village. We're a tribe. We're a part of each other. Yeah. So this, this person, I don't don't remember which country specifically she came from, but in her home tribe, mm-hmm. people slept with their brother or their sister or a friend. Yeah. You just slept together because it's nice. Your puppy's in a pile and you feel yeah. warm and it's all about us. Well, we're Americans. <laughs> we have our own rooms and our own beds and our yeah. own stuff. And she was like, she was just baffled and a little upset and lonely that her host family wouldn't let her just sleep with somebody. You know, she had her own room and sometimes often in the middle of the night, she would creep out of bed and she would climb in with somebody (laughs) because she just was too lonely. She just felt too out there and she had never slept alone in her whole life and it felt really weird to her. So she'd climb in with somebody and eventually she got trained, I'm afraid to say. They they trained her into not climbing into bed with people in the middle of the night. But the one time that she got bad news from her country and it was yeah. you know it was an earthquake or yeah. some kind of disruption she just she just climbed into bed at the beginning of the evening looked at people like i dare you to tell to kick me out of your bed because i need you i'm here i'm in this bed
0: oh that's so <laughs> and i thought oh
1: my gosh you never think about
0: no but uh, i mean that's the beauty of having an exchange student or something is you learn things that you didn't expect to learn like right i, I mean maybe that's addressed in so everybody the just for exchange everybody just students. opened
1: up and said okay well For a while now, she's sleeping with us. (laughs) Were you sleeping tonight? (laughs) Oh, I want to sleep with you. Okay, you can sleep with me. (laughs) They got used to it while she was there.
0: That's funny. Well, and what you were saying about women, especially maybe feeling this, that they aren't clear about the boundaries. I, I mean, I think about, you know, in pregnancy. When you're carrying the baby, the baby will just leach your vitamins right out of your bones. They will without occupy
1: your rib cage. They will sit on your bladder. They will poke Jump their elbow down. out. They will. They will give you varicose veins. They'll do anything they want to in your body because yeah. they are the baby and they're yeah. the, the, And they're the, the,
0: here to thrive.
1: They're here to thrive, and <laughs> and we're supposed to just just move over and serve.
0: Right. And, and when then the baby contains. cries at two
1: in the morning, yes. You don't say, Um, I'm sorry, but I really need my sleep tonight. Yeah. Good luck getting I'm your food. I'm drawing a line here, baby. <laughs> what makes you think I'm gonna get up every single night at two o'clock and give you milk? You know, we don't do that. You know. We say Oh my god! I think I'm gonna die. I'm so tired. <laughs> but then your legs just obediently swing out over the side of the bed, yeah. and you stagger down the hall, and you get to the door, and you start making nice, friendly cooing noises. Hi, that's yeah. okay, darling. Yes, Mama's here's your milk. You know,
0: yeah. And so and I you think that can't help it. I mean, no. that's what I was struck with when my kids were little. It's like I would think that I was sound asleep, but I'd hear a little Mama, you know, from way on the other side of the house, and, and I'd be moving before I even knew. You know what was going on. right?
1: Right, you were completely bonded. <laughs> yeah, and there's no boundaries with moms and kids. I think till they're about seven. Yeah, you know it, it gets a little better every. F- well, then few yeah, stages. Then it becomes, but like okay, let's
0: and help you learn and then seven some is kind of when we
1: start. Yeah, teaching them to to go out and not be in our space every minute to be secure. But they still want to come and, and sit on your lap at the, you know certain points of the day and get energy yeah. from you and have you clear their energy from yeah. whatever stress they've just been through.
0: So would you say it's fair to say that like boundaries are our lifelong pursuit? Oh yes. Of- <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes,
1: because they change. You know, your kids yeah. move out. And you think, oh, and now I can have my art studio. And you, you know, you take over your room. But then, you know, they're, they they lose their job and they want to come home. And yeah. you think, oh, hmm. And then you ask the question: Do they do they move back in for a while? And then they're grown ups, so you're not going to be watching every single thing that they do. But you might have some house rules. Mm-hmm. I see that with um, a few friends right now whose kids are coming back and forth from college. So the kid is used to total. Individuality now when they're there and the parent is used to theirs, and they come back and they cohabitate again, and the kid thinks, "Oh, I'm home. This is where mom cooks for me all day long. Isn't wonderful? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm home. This is where you know I I guess get to get taken care of a bit." But the parent is going, "Uh, "Excuse me, but this is the common space, and I like it clear. I don't like your your stuff all over the place. You need to remove this from the living room for me." If you're going to live here, you have to do this, and you can't come home drunk uh, more than twice this summer. Because you know? <laughs> that distresses me.
0: <laughs> so when we're thinking about our boundaries, we sometimes, they, they come up, we become aware of them when we're upset by them being violated. But in terms of trying to be more proactive as, as students you know, of our lives in self-mastery, what would be some advice you, you would have for how we have clear boundaries
1: well I think we have to see our work our life is kind of a uh, work of art that is sort of shifting from time to time we're we're adding and subtracting things and we have to review how things are Mm -hmm. and sometimes we want to add something in to mm-hmm. our lives. We want to bring something in. they like, oh, know I really we have been meaning to take our classes forever. Yeah. I want to take voice lessons. I want to uh, get out to uh, the wilderness mm-hmm. every summer and every fall. You there's cer- certain things that you would like to do, but there's no room for them. Your work, life is you're working 50 hours a week and mm-hmm. you have a, a needy relative and maybe you're taking care of elders and mm-hmm. you yeah, know there's all these things. So, we have to look every now and then and say, "Why is there is there a dream I have been postponing for far too long? Mm. Is there something that I really feel a sad loss about because I'm not doing it? I'm not, I haven't worked it in to yeah. my space. And sometimes to add something in, we have to let something else subtract. Mm. And I had this experience some years ago when I was doing my little radio show uh, I don't know how many little hours a week. And it was great. It was fun. It was a pleasure. It was like this. It was like yeah. doing this. And uh, I was just doing it for seven years. And one year, my, uh, my inner voice, my inner higher self meditation voice said to me in January, you need to stop doing the radio show. Ooh. And I'm like, well, oh, I don't want to the radio show. like the people love the radio show. And said, no, you need to stop by May 1st. And I'm like, okay, I need to stop by May 1st. And I felt sad, and I sort of argued about it for a while. I, I, I procrastinated for a while. But then in March, I gave my notice to the station. I'm, doing not, I'm not doing the show after May 1st. They're like, oh, why? I'm like, um, because, uh, you know, there's some new things I'm doing in my life. I don't know what they are. Some new things I'm, I'm doing in my life, and I just need the, I need the space. And do you know, I did my last show on May 1st and on May 3rd or uh-huh. something like that, this whole new adventure came in where I was led to my land, my 40 mm, acres in the country. Yes. And we had to do this whole real estate thing all summer and fall and move stuff there and sign papers and get you know re- yeah. financing. We just had a big thing come in. And we needed to make room for it. And if I was doing, it was only about four hours a week with the Uh radio show, but I needed those four hours a week so I could establish my cabin space.
0: Isn't that fascinating? How that works.
1: So I've come to love subtraction, the you principle subtraction. of subtraction. Yes, and sometimes you need to force a subtraction. Yeah. Because boy, I've put this off too long. I got to drop something else. I got to drop yeah. a friend that's too consumptive, mm-hmm. that that just you know uses me, and I, I give them too much time and yeah. energy for their dramas. I yeah. I need to just draw a line there because I've got other things that I'd like to be about.
0: And. That is. That's just. This, I. I've got to just take this in. This principle of subtraction. <laughs> She's so wide-eyed. I am <laughs> because it makes sense. And so. And we learned in the anger podcast that you get angry sometimes. It's a. It. It's telling you that a boundary is violated. Right. And right. so it's sort of like all these things about when life's not going the way we want it to go. Um, it's telling. It's giving us good information that if we can just listen to it and then work with it it helps us actually get back on track
1: yeah it does and it doesn't have to be a crisis it doesn't that's,
0: that's it yeah like there's a way to do this that isn't so dramatic <laughs> right right
1: I've got a project right now that I've been stressed about and I realized uh, just last night because we're doing this boundaries conversation yeah. <laughs> why am I stressed about this this uh, project I'm doing for this company well because the agreements aren't clear. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know them yet. We haven't yeah. had enough any FaceTime. It's yeah. all been internet. And I'm a person who likes to do things in a friendly, warm way. And I'm, these people are not t- talking to me enough. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. if I'm asking too much here as your as your author, but uh, <laughs> I want to see your face and hear you say, yeah, "I like you too." So I realized, yeah. boy, I I need to get a few things sorted. And it's as simple as I need to uh, tell them what my deadline is because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really too busy to meet their deadline and, and say, so, you know, I'd really love to do this yeah. with you, for you, um, but it really can't happen before the second week in July. So if you still want to go forward, you know, I've got these parts figured out, if you want to go forward, um, but you give me a longer deadline, um, I'm in. So...
0: Well, and I love when you're framing that as a boundaries issue rather than a Mary's grumpy about this work, or I'm mad at them. You, you know what I mean? Do you see that? For me, that's so empowering. To yeah, look, there's see nothing wrong with them. I yeah. don't even know
1: them. Yeah. there's nothing. But I've been, I've been sort of thinking, God, these people are really, you know, irresponsible. Or they really <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. And yeah. you know, they're busy too. We're all right. busy. Everyone's too busy. And I, I shouldn't make assumptions about that. But right. I should just look at my side of things. Your side And with great love, this. and with that <laughs> golden word, no. And say to them, no, I can't do it by last week. <laughs> I can do it by the second week in July, though.
0: I, lo- I love it, your your advice about no. And this was in one of the workshops I've attended with you where you to- were teaching us how to say no. And you said, and you say no as though you're handing over the crown jewels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hand them this
1: treasure. You, you <laughs> smile at them with great love and enthusiasm. And we warmly say Oh, I would love to be able to do that for you, but I just can't. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking. I just can't do it this time. Good luck with that.
0: <laughs> it's like a little superpower. Yeah,
1: it's this a superpower you just and I think it is in a way a gift because you are showing people that you trust them. Yeah. With your no. Oh You were showing people that you trust them to be interacting with the real you, not yeah. a pretend stressed out, faky you. Wow. But the real you.
0: Yeah. Oh that's that's a gift. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, thank Mary. you, thank you, thank you. Very good. Well Mary is brilliant. Hard won. And no, w- hard won. Hard won by
1: <laughs> many, many clumsy moments of life. <laughs> wisdom.
0: Well It's I'm the so clumsy glad. wins wisdom. You have taken your clumsy life wisdom and you've turned it into great teachings for me and others. Oh, thanks. And you have helped thousands of people heal their terrible stories and broken hearts and emotional pain. And more
1: importantly, I've helped thousands of people remember who they really are and
0: bring that light of the soul back in to (sighs) their core space where it belongs. I love hearing you share stories about Discovering boundaries or setting boundaries because it helps me understand it a little more clearly. Do mm-hmm. you have another story you'd like to share? Well, I have two thoughts in mind, mm-hmm. and one has to do with we need to have
1: boundaries around our uh, consciousness uh, and our our over concern for other people. Sometimes, oh, and this is something that you really run into in recovery if you're in Al-Anon and you have a. a cherished family member who is running amok yeah. with drugs or alcohol and you are worried about them all the time. Are they driving? Are they? You know, do they have a designated driver? Mm-hmm. Are they going to lose their job? Da-da. And we get all wrapped up. Because we are a tribe, we are connected. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do care about other people's lives. But every now and then we have to say about our kids, our grown kids or our uh, partners, you know, that is their problem. That mm-hmm. is really their problem, and I need to trust them to uh, work their path. I need mm. to trust them and to handle their own karma, basically. Oh. And it's, it's very tricky, and this is why we're kind of playing with the the topics of humility and boundaries together, because we want to serve other people's needs, mm-hmm. and we don't want to resent them. Yeah, <laughs> And so there's a fine, fine line, and it is uh, something for discernment and mm-hmm. prayer and asking your intuition to guide you with from time to time. Very good. But I I think I learned about boundaries first when I was raising my children mm-hmm. and I kept discovering ways I needed to raise them differently than I had been raised. There's uh-huh. plenty of things that I'm happy to have passed on from my yeah. family life that are beautiful and good, and there's a few things that I really have no business passing on <laughs> to any other generations. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found out about boundaries and many things along the way as I was raising my kids and going, oh, you know, this doesn't feel right. This, this doesn't feel like I'm honoring what they need. How, now, how do, I, how do I do this? So this happened um, when... My oldest was three, and I was taking her to daycare for the first time. And there was a, she's a very social kid, and she was happy to be going to daycare, but she's also a sensitive kid and takes a few minutes to acclimate to an environment, gets a little overwhelmed by noise and people and whatever at first. So I noticed that when I went in to take her to daycare, she would just glom onto my leg, she would cling to my oh. leg. Because she needed to be in my space while she got oriented to being into this scene. Yeah. And then she would slowly, bit by bit, uh, loosen her grip. And then I would be holding her hand and I'd be standing there. And I very consciously put my own bubble, my boundary of light around her while she stood there watching the kids running and screaming and jumping and falling and fighting and crying and everything. And after a while, she would... Find her place to enter in and go in and interact with somebody and get get there. Yeah. So so this was her process. This was and it didn't take long. It took about five minutes every mm-hmm. day, and I needed to leave room for it, or she'd be. Clinging to my leg Uh, and distress and screaming and that wanted me not to go. Yeah. So if we would do this gradual, okay, I'm supporting you while you're in my space till I turn you over, you feel secure and you can. And I would tell her about her bubble. I'd say, you know, let's put our bubbles on because it's going to be really fun and lively in there. But let's put our bubbles on. What color's your bubble? It was always pink. Oh yeah. It was always (laughs) this magenta pink. And uh, so we put our bubbles on. We go in and we'd stand there and. In our space until she got used to, it, and then she'd go off. And there was this one little boy who loved her so much, and he was just this bombastic child. He was just huge; just his energy was huge. He was yeah. he was a little skinny kid, but his energy was like wow, you know, <laughs> ready to just throw himself onto your head, and, you know, <laughs> wrap his legs around you, and yell yay! <laughs> so, so we'd come in, and he would see her across the room, and he'd come pelting across the floor. Tara, Tara, would ready to just throw himself into this gigantic hug, and she would go, Aah! and she would cling closer to my leg, and so I would just turn my turn her and my body slightly to the side, and hold my hand out in kind of a halt fashion, smile at him warmly as he was like his chest was at my hand and he was bouncing in place trying to get and hug Tara, and I would say, "Morning, Ben." Oh. So good to see you. Tara's not ready to hug you. Tara's not ready to hug you. Okay, okay. He'd be just bouncing in place and staring at her and smiling, and she'd be like, oh, we want to <laughs> hug me." My and he'd say, can I hug her now? And I'd say, Tara, can, can Ben give you a hug? Say, no, 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 Ben, she can't hug you now. Um, Tara, would you wave at Ben? And she'd smile, and she'd shyly wave, and he'd stand there bouncing up and down, waving back. And we would do that until... Um, she would either let him hug her or not yeah. let him hug her, and I would let that, answer, that choice be hers, mm-hmm. because we are the ones that know our boundary. We can't right. be talked out of it. it's my bike, Aaron. <laughs> my husband can guilt me about how weird I am about my bike. My daughter can desperately need a bike, but it's my bike, and so therefore we just and our, we can be just you know we can be our own little weirdo about that. If you feel like a
0: weirdo about your boundary, well, it's just you. But you make a really important point that you're the only one that can enforce your boundaries.
1: It can know what they are because if you have it in place, you relax and you can have an open heart.
0: Well, thanks for listening to us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this show about boundaries. And if you have a story you'd like to share or a question about boundaries, you can always comment on our Facebook page, which is Rise and Thrive Show. Or you're welcome to send an email to Aaron at Rise and Thrive or you can send it to Mary at Rise and Thrive com. Go to our website, Rise and and there's a whole bunch of other podcasts for you to listen to. And if you like what you're hearing, please tell your friends. That's how other people can discover this show. So thanks so much. Um, I'd like to say thanks to Daniel Zamzow, and for the Rise and Thrive show. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm Mary Hayes Greco.